0: Welcome to the Pharmacotherapy Podcast. My name is Jim Tisdale. I'm a professor in the College of Pharmacy at Purdue University and an adjunct professor in the School of Medicine at Indiana University. I also serve as one of the scientific editors for pharmacotherapy. Today we are talking with Drs. Raj Desai and Stephen Smith about their team's paper entitled Norepinephrine Reuptake Inhibitors and Risk of Antihypertensive Treatment Intensification, and major adverse cardiovascular events in patients with stable hypertension and depression. Dr. Desai earned his Ph.D. at the University of Florida, where he completed this research with Dr. Smith and is currently an associate in health economics and outcomes research at Analysis Group. Dr. Smith is an assistant professor at the University of Florida and associate director for the University of Florida Center for Integrative Cardiovascular and Metabolic Diseases. Drs. Desai and Smith, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's a pleasure to be here.
2: Yes. Thank you, Jim.
0: Well, Dr. Desai, in this study, you tested the hypothesis that patients initiating antidepressants with significant norepinephrine reuptake inhibition will have a higher risk for treatment intensification and cardiovascular events compared to those initiating selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. Can you describe some of the background and rationale for this hypothesis?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we all know depression is one of the most prevalent psychiatric comorbidity in patients with hypertension. And to treat these depressive symptoms, antidepressants are usually prescribed. Although these are very effective in reducing depressive symptoms, some antidepressants such as the TCA's and the SNRIs, particularly when the vaccine, have been associated with increased blood pressure. Now, researchers have postulated that these antidepressants interfere with blood pressure control by increasing the neurotransmitter norepinephrine, prompting central nervous system activation, and thereby increasing the blood pressure. However, uh, most of this prior evidence of blood pressure interfering effects of these antidepressants come from a single observational study and a few case studies, which have limited generalizability and also do not have a control group to compare with. So we don't know whether the norepinephrine reuptake inhibition properties of this antidepressants translate to increased blood pressure in the hypertension population in a real-world setting. And therefore, to test this hypothesis that patients initiating antidepressants with significant norepinephrine reuptake inhibition will have higher risk of treatment intensification due to the increased level of norepinephrine, we conducted a real-world retrospective code study to evaluate the risk of antihypertensive treatment intensification in patients who initiate antidepressants, which are serotonin, non-epinephrine reuptake inhibitors, compared to SSRIs in patients having hypertension and depression. Additionally, as we know that increased blood pressure predicts increased cardiovascular mortality and and morbidity. However, data on the risk of major adverse cardiovascular events due to these non-epinephrine reuptake inhibition does not exist. So we just wanted to go one step forward and evaluate whether these antidepressants contribute to significant higher risk of MACE compared to SSRIs, which in a bit serotonin.
0: Your study employed a retrospective cohort design and used the IBM Market Scan Commercial Claims Database. Can you provide some information about this database and also describe how interested investigators can access it? Absolutely.
1: So the IBM market scan commercial claims database contains um, administrative claims data, including the identified information on all health and healthcare encounters, including inpatient visits, outpatient visits, and emergency room visits. Additionally, it also has information on the expend- expenditures associated with these visits, as well as information on outpatient pharmacy records of more than 200 million employees and the dependents in the United States which are covered by employer-sponsored health insurance. The MarketScan Medicare Supplemental Claims Database contains de-identified patient-level information for Medicare-eligible retirees with supplemental insurance plans. Overall, the MarketScan database is considered to be representative of the United States population who have an employer-sponsored health insurance, which is approximately about 50% of the U.S. population. We decided to use this database for our research because it has a substantial large sample size and it also has a longitudinal follow-up. Additionally, all the claims in this data set are fully adjudicated and paid for, so this could reflect the real-world treatment patterns occurring over time. Interested investigators who want to use this database for their research can obtain this database by licensing uh, an agreement with the market scan, IBM, IBM market scan by providing an end user fee associated with it. Additionally, the IBM market scan also has really interesting doctoral dissertation program, which offers no charge access to this database for PhD candidates. Can you describe the design of your study, including the primary outcome measures? Sure. So... We conducted a retrospective study using the market scan database. We used a new user design where patients with a diagnosis of depression and hypertension entered the cohort when they newly initiated either an antidepressant, which is a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, or a serotonin norepinephrine apinephrine reuptake inhibitor. We defined the date of the first fill as the index date, and to ensure that all these patients have sufficient baseline information we required them to have at least 12 months of baseline period that is 12 months of continuous enrollment before the index date and this 12 months was used for baseline assessment of patient characteristics as well as to apply all the exclusion criteria we required that patients met the definition of treated stable hypertension that is They had a diagnosis of hypertension and they did not modify their antihypertensive regimen for at least 60 days before the index state. That is, they shouldn't have either added a new antihypertensive or escalated the dose of the current antihypertensive to meet the definition. The antidepressant dispensed on the index state of the cohort entry was used to classify patients into two mutually exclusive groups. So one was the SSRI group and the other one was the serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor group. For this study, we had two outcomes of interest. The first was antihypertensive treatment intensification, which was either adding a new antihypertensive to the current regimen, that is, augmentation, or increasing the daily dose of the existing hypertensive medication, that is, dose escalation. For augmentation, at least 28 days of overlapping use of the new added antihypertensive medication were required for dose escalation and increase in the total daily dose for, of more than 50% compared to the prior dose was required to qualify for the outcome definition. Because we did not have information on the blood pressure measurements, we thought that antihypertensive treatment intensification was a reasonable approach to determine presence of uncontrolled blood pressure. Our second primary outcome was MACE, which was defined as the first occurrence of stroke or acute myocardial infarction. Our analysis was an as analysis where we started the follow-up from the index date and continued until either they had the occurrence of the outcome or met one of the censoring criteria.
0: You conducted several sensitivity analyses. Can you explain the rationale for sensitivity analyses and discuss the methodology with which you conducted these?
1: Sure. So we wanted to make sure that our results are robust. And to ensure the robustness of the results, we conducted four sensitivity analyses in our study. For the first analysis, we used an alternate definition of treated stable hypertension because we found that. Uh, there is no definition in the literature that has been validated. So for this analysis, we used an alternative definition now requiring 90 days of um, stable hypertensive treatment instead of the 60 days in the primary analysis. Second, uh, to avoid informative censoring, which is a form of selection bias, which can arise when the discontinuation of medication is associated with the future outcome, we use an intention-to-treat approach where patients were followed from the index date irrespective of any treatment changes third we replicated our primary analysis using iptw approach rather than propensity score matching for confounding adjustment in this method after calculating the propensity score we used we calculated the iptw weights for each patient and these weights were used to create a pseudo population where our two exposure groups were balanced with respect to the baseline characteristics. And finally, we examined the association between individual and serotonin, and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors compared to fluoxetine looking at the risk of antihypertensive treatment intensification and MACE.
0: What were the main results of the study for the antihypertensive intensification endpoint?
1: For the primary... As treated analysis, we found that the risk of antihypertensive treatment intensification did not differ among patients initiating serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors versus the SSRI group. Similar findings were observed when the individual components of antihypertensive treatment intensification were compared, that is, no difference in the risk for augmentation or dose escalation was found. The Kaplan meier plots. Comparing the cumulative incidence of antihypertensive treatment intensification and its individual components were consistent with these findings.
0: And what were the main results of the study for the major adverse cardiovascular events
1: endpoint? So, we found that the risk of MACE also did not differ among patients initiating serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors versus the SSRIs. Findings were also consistent for the risk of individual components of MACE we did not find any difference in the risk of stroke or acute myocardial infarction among the two exposure groups. The Kaplan-Mark plot comparing the cumulative incidence um, of MACE as well as stroke and MI were also consistent with the findings.
0: Were the results of your sensitivity analyses consistent with the results of your primary analyses?
1: Um, Overall, the results of the sensitivity analysis were pretty consistent with the primary analysis. For instance, when we changed the definition of stable hypertension to 90 days instead of 60 days, the results did not change. Similarly, conducting the analysis by the intention-to-treat approach or using IPTW for confounding adjustment did not change the point estimates.
0: Were there differences in your findings among different age groups or in men versus women or in any other subgroups of interest? So in order to
1: assess if there is any heterogeneity of treatment effect, we stratified our analysis by age and sex to test the differences in the risk of antihypertensive treatment intensification and mesh. However, we did not find any differences in the risk of our outcomes b- between the age groups as well as between men and women.
2: Dr. Smith, were any of your findings surprising to you? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Very good question. So I think we went into the study thinking we might see a small excess risk of MI or stroke, maybe perhaps especially stroke, under the assumption that the the norepinephrine reuptake inhibition might be associated with a spike in BP in some patients, as Dr. Desai talked about earlier. Um, Of course, as he also mentioned in the overall analysis, we didn't see any evidence of the spike in events, nor any evidence of a spike in blood pressure that required antihypertensive intensification. So I think that was initially surprising to us, but when we dug a bit deeper, I think there were some plausible reasons for this. You know, Number one, we really didn't see very many hard outcomes overall. What we did see was about on par with incidence estimates from the AHA Heart Disease and Stroke Statistics Committee in the general population, but we thought we might see a higher rate in this population since they were both hypertensive and had depression. And both of those are known to be associated with overt cardiovascular disease. And then secondly, I think uh, the prior data linking SNRI use with significant blood pressure elevations is largely limited to venlafaxine and primarily at higher doses. And as it turned out, we saw a fair amount of venlafaxine use, but very little initiation at those higher doses uh, in the population that otherwise met our study criteria. Nevertheless, we did see in uh, the MACE analyses that there was a hazard ratio point estimate of about 1.5 comparing venlafaxine with um, fluoxetine, which was the most prevalent SSRI. Now, as Dr. Desai mentioned, that hazard ratio uh, confidence interval encompassed one, so it was not statistically significant. But it does seem possible there's a, there could be a true risk there. It's just probably quite small, at least in the population we studied.
0: You didn't include a control group of patients with hypertension who were not receiving antidepressant agents. Would you hypothesize that the incidence of antihypertensive drug intensification and MACE in the SNRI and SSRI groups would be higher than or similar to a control group of patients not taking antidepressants?
2: Yeah, that's another very good question, Jim. So first, we didn't include a hypertension-only group because we were really trying to isolate the effect, uh, if any, of norepinephrine reuptake inhibition rather than some combined effect of norepinephrine or serotonergic effects together with depression itself. So with regard to your question on MACE, you know, I suspect if we had included a group with stable hypertension but who had no evidence of depression or maybe who had depression but that was not pharmacologically treated... I think we probably would have seen that the hypertension-only group had a lower risk of MACE. As I alluded to before, there's a fairly strong and well-documented link between depression and cardiovascular disease, even if we don't fully understand the causal mechanisms that underpin that association. They share many of the same modifiable risk factors, um, and there could be other mechanisms at play in which uh, either or the other directly influence um, the other. So I think long story short, my my hypothesis would be that the hypertensive depressive group would have a higher MACE risk than a hypertension only group, uh, all other things considered equal. Now, regarding the antihypertensive intensification, I think this one's a bit trickier. Uh, If initiation of antidepressants of, of one type or another were associated with worsening blood pressure control, then I would expect the hypertension only group to have less treatment intensification. But uh, it's complicated by another factor at play, uh, which is that we also have to consider how we measure these things and the impact that that can have on misclassification. So, in a claims based study like uh, ours, our ability to measure almost everything is conditional on the patient's ability and willingness to seek care. If they don't seek care, then we don't have an insurance claim for it and we can't measure it. So, you can imagine a patient who has more severe depression not being able to get to their healthcare provider's office and therefore not being able to have a blood pressure check, in which case they don't get treatment intensification, even if their blood pressure truly warranted it. Uh, Conversely, the same hypothetical patient who's not in a major depressive episode probably has an easier time getting to their provider's office, having their blood pressure checked, and getting their treatment intensified. And in that case, the hypertensive-only cohort might have a higher incidence of treatment intensification but it's really a phenomenon related to how we measure the outcome in claims data rather than a true underlying difference uh, between the two groups. So uh, that's a long-winded way of saying, I'm sorry, I don't have a great prediction on that part of the question, but I think it, get ba- it gets back to my earlier point about us you know, really trying to isolate the pharmacologic effect of uh, norepinephrine reuptake inhibition without having to try to disentangle that from the depression effect.
0: What are some of the limitations of your analysis?
2: Yeah, so our paper discusses a number of important limitations, and I'll just highlight a couple of the ones that I think are uh, particularly important. So first of all, we don't have any data on blood pressure in these claims-based studies, and that has a couple of important implications for our work. So first, we don't know whether baseline blood pressure was similar between the comparison groups, and this is obviously an important consideration in our study because our outcomes are all highly associated with baseline blood pressure. It's also possible providers may have avoided SNRIs in patients with less stable or uncontrolled blood pressure, which might be reflected in in differences in baseline blood pressure had we been able to measure that. We tried to minimize the impact of this using a propensity score, but there's of course no perfect substitute for a well-measured blood pressure at baseline in this type of study. Uh, Thirdly, we used antihypertensive treatment intensification as a proxy for blood pressure elevations on treatment and we think it's a reasonably good proxy but it's still an imperfect measure and in particular it may not have been able to capture some situations that we might be uh, interested in from a clinical standpoint so for example smaller elevations in blood pressure that you know aren't enough to warrant a change in antihypertensive therapy but might still be clinically significant or maybe more substantial blood pressure elevations that result in antidepressant discontinuation or switching Rather than adjustments to the antihypertensive regimen itself, and then the second big uh, limitation I'll, I'll highlight is for the MACE outcomes, we were really only able to capture non-fatal events, and only those diagnosed or captured in a healthcare setting. Now we're reasonably confident in the validity of the measurement algorithms that we used, and they've been previously validated. But it's of course entirely possible some outcomes were missed in both groups. You know, for example, patients who had a fatal event at home. Or who had a non-fatal event but did not seek care. We think most likely those the, the probability of missing such outcomes would be similar between groups, but of course we can't be certain. What is your take-home
0: message for our listeners and for readers of your study?
2: For the take-home message, I think it boils down to this: you know, for patients with reasonably stable hypertension, there appears to be pretty little, if any, excess risk of mace or blood pressure worsening when starting a serotonin norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor compared with an SSRI, at least in the early phase of treatment. Um, you know, We followed up for a median of about seven to eight months in our treatment groups. So we don't know yet whether that's, uh, that same finding is true for longer term treatment, and particularly at higher doses of in the vaccine, but I think that's, a, that's an area that could use further investigation.
0: Well, the full article is published in the June 2022 issue of Pharmacotherapy. Thank you both for sharing this additional insight with us today.
2: Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you for the invitation.